You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch. Swing and a miss. Threw the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricanes. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, the final edition of the program as we start next week in New York at City Field against the Mets. I'm Chris Raby with you for another evening. Mike Claiborne and Tom Ackerman are standing by in Jupiter, Florida. A fantastic show to get to tonight. A great guest list that we'll tell you about in a moment. But for our final show and the final time, let's welcome in Mike Claiborne and Tom Ackerman. Boys, thank you very much, Chris. Along with Tom Ackerman, we're here in in Jupiter, Florida, and Tom, things are starting to wind down. Cardinals were very impressive offensively today, and now we're starting to see the real competition for the few spots that are still left on this roster. Yes, we are, and I think that the Cardinals have, that's a good thing. You know, when you have, your decision is who's the 25th man on the roster late in spring training, and you have everything figured out, I I think for the most part, you feel good about this team going forward. Is it the best team in baseball? No, it is not, at least not on paper. But if things start to come together, they could be as competitive as any team in the National League, and that's what you're asking for right now. Bursting out of spring training, you must have your rotation intact. And I think if I were to judge everything that we've seen, and we've done this show now, Countdown Opening Day, for months, and what have we said? The Cardinals have to make sure that Adam Wainwright's okay. He's okay. I mean, he looks fine. And, you know, will he be okay in August and September? I don't know. But I know that on March 29th, when the team files into City Field, he's going to feel pretty good about his next start. And then Miles Michaelis finished at least strong. Uh, the Cardinals have been putting those starters on the backfield, so we don't get to see everybody in the last week. But from what we saw from Michaelis and from Wainwright, excellent work by Luke Weaver, really good stuff from Waka, and I think Carlos Martinez will show on opening day why he's the ace of this staff. I think you have to feel good about the five-man rotation. We don't know what the opponents in the division look like because they're in Arizona. Uh, I think you touched on something earlier. Are the Cardinals the best team? Well, I don't know if they are or not. Uh, I do think this, and I'll say this to all fans, this is going to take some time. This, I think you have to be patient through the season. Uh, they may not jump out and win 15 out of the first 16, but I don't think they're going to lose that many either. So I think this this team is still trying to figure out some things, especially from the offense standpoint. It seems like a pretty good one on paper. Uh, but, again, I go back to this. I think everybody needs to just hold on and play it through. You know me and Flag Day. I think we'll know more before Flag Day this year than we have in the past, which means – we may see some Memphis contributions a little earlier also. I agree with you. I think that Memphis shuttle needs to be fueled up and ready to go. There's going to be a lot of back and forth there. I think that there is an opening for the Cardinals, if they need it, to make a move at the trade deadline. I think they were probably smart about keeping all these prospects, and they do have money. 
So there is that ability to make a move at the deadline to acquire some salary if they have to and see who's in and who's out at that point. I do believe that in August and September it will be a different team than you see today, and that could be because of a number of variables, uh, injuries or trades or what have you. But for right now, the Cardinals heading out to April, I feel pretty good about the team, and mostly I think I'm a little more uh, encouraged by the youth and the talent. I think it's a little bit more further along than I realized, and that's good. And, And so the future is good, but... I think 2018 is good. I think this team is definitely a threat in the National League. Whether they can overtake the Cubs, well, let's just go series just go by play. series. Just go you know? play. Let's just go play. Yeah. You, can't, you can't win them all in one day. So let's just go see what happens when they go out and play that first series against Chicago and see how they match up. First things first, the Mets. All right, we're done from here. Chris, take it away. It's going to be a fun show tonight. We've got some great guests can't wait to get home so I can hear it myself. Thank you, guys. Yeah, huge guest list indeed. We will be joined tonight by Bill DeWitt Jr., Tony LaRussa, Michael Waka, Tommy Pham, Jed Jerko, and Keith Hernandez. So a jam-packed final show on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Let's take a break. When we come back, part two of my conversation with Cardinals chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. Chris Revy with you. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Mike Anderson and Zach Schmidt helping out this week as well. And we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. At Ameren, Missouri, we are committed to making our community a better and brighter place to live. And to us, that means even more than ensuring the lights come on when you flip a switch. It means making our green spaces greener by planting trees and picking up trash, coaching kids in everything from math to sport, and offering a helping hand to those in need, volunteering in our community to brighten up the lives of those who live here. That's energy at work. Learn more at AmerinMissouri.com slash community. This is John Rooney for iWarehouse. Like iWarehouse on Facebook... Catch up on the latest, greatest, most unique optical stuff. iWarehouse. They are unique. They got the stuff. More fresh thinking from Schnucks. Fresh steak. Fresh sausage. Fresh kebabs. Fresh ground beef. Fresh salmon burgers. We cut, grind, and prepare them in the store every day. Our apologies. This will put immense pressure on your side dishes. This week, get our Meat Masters Value Pack fresh regular ground beef for just $2.99 a pound or less. Ground fresh daily, sold in packages of three pounds or more. Schnucks, fresh every day. Hi, this is Joe Pfeiffer, Cardinals Alumni Relations Director. I would like to invite you to the only fantasy camp in all of baseball, hosted at Doubleday Field in Cooperstown, New York, from June 21st to the 24th. Play baseball with former Cardinals. Our camp is sponsored by Heartland Coca-Cola and only has a limited number of spots remaining. It will feature alumni including Ozzie Smith, Bruce Suter, Tim McCarver, Ray Langford, John Tudor, Rick Ankiel, and many more. For more information, please visit cardinals.com slash fantasycamp or email us at fantasycamp at cardinals.com. Okay, it's Ford Truck Month, and here's how it works, pal. Take F-150, the 2018 Motor Trend Truck of the Year, and Ford Super Duty, the most capable pickup in America, sweeten up the offer, and boom, you save a stack of cash. But you better step on it, sport, because the big savings won't last long. Ford Truck Month, it's buy now time, people. See your local Ford dealer today. Most capable based on best-of-class horsepower, torque, towing, payload, and GCWR. Classes full-size pickups over 8,500 pounds, GVWR based on Ford segmentation. The St. Louis Cardinals would like to congratulate Matt and Kate Lambert of Uptown Farms in Lynn County on receiving the Missouri Leopold Conservation Award. This prestigious award honors Missouri farmers' achievement in voluntary stewardship and natural resources management. 
For many Missouri farmers, farming is more than a chosen profession. It is a commitment to caring for their animals, preserving the land, and giving back to their communities. Congratulations, Lambert family. To learn more about Missouri Farmers Care, follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Ah, springtime in St. Louis. The birds are chirping, the bees are buzzing, the foreseen fastballs are howling at approximately 93.76 miles per hour, splintering wooden bats into bajillions of beautiful springtimey fragments. This spring, Cardinals fans can count on Phillips 66 to get them what counts, like Cardinals baseball and Cardinals baseball and other things that are also Cardinals baseball. Phillips 66, live to the full. This is John Rooney for iWarehouse. Now, everyone likes to go where everyone knows your name. And that place in the St. Louis area is iWarehouse. iWarehouse. They serve eyewear, not drinks. Hey, Cardinals fans. On Saturday, April 7th, the Cardinals host the Diamondbacks. And that day, it's the Mystery Hall of Fame Opening Day Car Parade Bobblehead. You'll be surprised at the gates when you find out which Mystery Hall of Fame Parade Bobblehead you'll receive. On Sunday, April 8th, the giveaway is a lightweight quarter-zip performance pullover, and kids will receive a ticket voucher to a future home game. That's April 7th and 8th, the Cards and Diamondbacks. Tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. There's only one Cardinals baseball. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on Kangam OX. The Budweiser Ballpark Pass gives Cardinals fans the ability to go to every home game for just $29.99 a month. All you need is a smartphone for details or to purchase. Visit cardinals.com slash pass. New for 2018, check out the Budweiser Terrace in right field. It's the perfect place for Budweiser Ballpark Pass holders to see the game. Welcome back. We are getting started our final show. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Chris Raby. To kick off part two of my conversation with Cardinals chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. from his Jupiter office a few weeks ago. After talking about Cardinals manager Mike Matheny, his staff, and some of the philosophy, we look toward what's going to be on the field for the Cardinals this year. Let's talk about your club and about your lineup. A lot of the projections that I follow, and I know that your front office and you follow, uh, third party per se, like your lineup is one of the best in all of baseball. Just the addition of Marcelo Zuna uh, and, and accomplishing that on the heels of an acquisition with that club that didn't work out in Giancarlo Stanton, uh, what did that do immediately, do you think, not just for the lineup, but kind of to kickstart the offseason, Bill? Well, if you look at our lineup last year, we we got really incredible production out of Tommy Pham, just looking at the outfield. Uh, Dexter Fowler was productive, but he was injured quite a bit, didn't play as many games or have the at-bats that he generally has in a season. I mean, he's, he's generally played uh, a, a big part of a season. And the third outfield position wasn't very productive for a variety of reasons, uh, Stephen Biscotti had some difficulties that we all know about. Uh, he's a good player, and he's going to be a good player for Oakland. And we had some inconsistency. So if you replace that inconsistency with what Ozuna did last year, I mean, that that's dramatic differential. And if everybody just did what they did last year and you add Ozuna in there versus what was there, that's a marked upgrade. But I think players that we had can do better, too. So – I really like our offense, uh, and defensively, it's an upgrade. Uh, Marcelo Zuna's a 
Gold Glover out there in left field. Um, I think Tommy will be a, uh, do a really good job in center. And Dexter Fowler, former center fielder and can obviously play center, should be a plus right fielder. So I, I like the outfield offensively and defensively. Um, and the rest of the club's solid. You can go around every position. How can you really upgrade a whole lot thinking about it? DeYoung was terrific and, um, you know, others as well. We got Yachty back. So I feel great about it. With the pursuits that, that you guys have made, and you can mention Stanton, uh, largest contract in the history of professional sports, the deals you have made, whether it be acquiring Ozuna, what you've done in the free agent market over the last few years, bringing guys in like Cecil and Fowler and Mike Leake, extending your own guys. We had Paul DeYoung here at spring training get an extension. You could rattle off the list of guys that you've committed money to. Does it surprise you that there is a perception, not just for your club, but around baseball, that teams aren't spending money or teams are called cheap? You can look at the payroll receipts. You can look at some of the pursuits you guys have made. I'm always, and I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting next to you, I'm flabbergasted when people say that. It is a little bit surprising. I think uh, I think fans and, and, and others uh, feel like payroll should be going up every single year, uh, and it has. Uh, Major League Payroll this coming year will be higher than it was the prior year. But some of the dramatic escalation that's taken place in the past, which has been driven by free agents, I I think is um, slowed down because teams realize that uh, young players uh, have made such an impact the last few years. And as you get into a long-term deal with an older player, you're not really sure how it's going to play out as time goes on. Uh, so I think it's just a, uh, a little bit of a recalibration uh, with, with teams. Uh, front offices have changed, and they do a lot of analysis. Um, and, you know, we've always done a lot of analysis. And, and I, I just think uh, uh, having said it all, you're going to see increased payrolls in Major League Baseball this year versus last. What excites you about exactly what you said when you were sitting up there with Paul? last week when you extended this contract, your commitment to drafting, developing, bringing guys up through the organization, your commitment to the performance side. You brought in Dr. Robert Butler. You guys have tweaked some things based on information that you've received. What excites you about what you're doing internally that fans don't get to see day-to-day, Bill? Well, we've really built an increased infrastructure in in the baseball operation uh, with the additions you've talked about. And we are committed to, to drafting, signing internationally, developing, and playing uh, the best players that we can and, and extending those that we feel are core assets over a long period of time. And it's worked out well. Um, I think it was ESPN that does the future power rankings that came out recently. Yeah, we were number fourth in, out of 30 teams, and some usual suspects ahead of us, like the Yankees and Dodgers. Cubs weren't. No, we, we snuck in there ahead of the Cubs. Um, and Houston, of course, which, uh, you know, they've done a great job in building their franchise. They went through some tough years to get there, but it's paying off now. Fortunately, we haven't had to go through those tough years, and we've continued to try to have winning seasons and competitive playoff-type teams uh, while still – maintaining our future. We never want to give up on our future. And, and I think, you know, that's a third-party analysis, but we feel that same way internally. As you look at the last 
decade and you look at what you've accomplished and you start to look towards the future, there are some guys who are going to be at crossroads, and Adam Wainwright has talked about that as he enters the last year of his contract. What do you hope from Adam this year, Bill? I know I, for one, he can't help but just root like heck for the guy, for all he's done for the club, for uh, the community, and certainly I would never bet against him when he's motivated. But what do you hope from Adam this year at kind of an interesting crossroads for him and the club? What I hope for is a typical Adam Wainwright season, which would be a uh, come back from last year when he was injured. Uh, he had some minor surgery in the off season. Uh, he's thrown the ball well in the spring. Had, had a nice outing the other day. And he's so creative. I mean, he's got a million pitches, and he can locate them all. Uh, he knows how to keep players off balance. And, uh, you know, he's had a great career, and there's no reason why it can't continue. And so we're hoping to, to get the Adam Wainwright of old here this year. All right, finally, as we talk about not just – the past and the present, but the future. I know a lot of folks over the last couple of weeks back in St. Louis have been enjoying Ballpark Village uh, with Arch Madness and the SEC Tournament. Another phase of that is underway, I know, because i got to look around for another parking spot. Uh, what's going on? Give us an update. It's, it's so exciting to see, not just for the club, but I'm someone who lives in downtown St. Louis. For downtown St. Louis, what you have already done, what the club is continuing to do. Give us an update about what's going on and uh, how things are going to continue to maybe look a little bit different over the course of this year and then moving forward. Well, as you know, living downtown, we've got a lot of construction going on. We've got a hotel uh, that will be under construction. We've got an office building. Uh, We've got some more entertainment venues. We've got an apartment building. Um, it's, uh, It's a dramatic increase in activity for downtown. And we're, we're excited about it because we're, we're believers in downtown. We think it's great for the community, great for the area. And I will say whenever I'm in any downtown, whether it's Jupiter, Florida or Palm Beach, Florida or any other city, I think, you know, what are they doing that we could do downtown? I, I don't think Ballpark Village is the end of our, uh, our reach, and I, I hope we continue to improve downtown. I think with the arch grounds coming on, um, and all that the community has done, uh, downtown St. Louis has a bright future. It's been so great to see with, with Tom Stillman and his group as well, uh, the Cardinals and the Blues and the events outside of baseball and hockey that you two have worked together to bring into the city. I know they said these last two weeks, the Sports Commission said that with the two basketball tournaments, 25,000 visitors and a $20 million impact, that's incredible, and it's honestly, because of the two facilities. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's great. And, you know, there's an aquarium that's on the way, uh, some more entertainment space in the old uh, station, uh, train station. And I I think downtown has a really bright future, and um, we're excited to be part of it. Well, Bill DeWitt, uh, I'm excited for another year, and uh, it's been great to be down here. We've enjoyed bringing Cardinals fans every game, whether it's Fox Sports Midwest, KMOX and the radio network or also through cardinals.com and it just goes to show the fan base and how excited they are thank you for being so gracious with your time this afternoon and can't wait to see you in st louis for opening day great look forward to it chris thanks a lot when we come back tom ackerman with michael waka that's next on the st louis cardinals radio network this is the cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by amron on kmox 
Follow the Cardinals in style this coming season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. Sign up today and receive two free tickets all for just $35. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. Chris Raby back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We head back to Jupiter, Florida, and turn it back over to Tom Ackerman. Okay, Chris, thanks very much. I'm here with Michael Waco. Always great to visit with Michael down here in Jupiter. Spring training about to wrap up and the 2018 season upon us. Can you believe it? It's here. And also, this is your sixth season with the club. Right, yeah. I mean, it seems like time flies, uh, you know, whenever you're having fun. But, no, it's uh, it's right there. Uh about to be the start of the season everyone's getting excited for it uh i know i am so uh you know just a lot lot to look forward to this uh 2018 season cardinals have a lot of arms to be proud of you're one of them but this rotation and some pitchers on the way look pretty good yeah definitely you know i really like the way uh you know our staff's looking uh not only in the rotation but the the bullpen as well you know we got some real good arms and you know what what we got coming up in the future as well you know just some just some stud pitchers that are you know ready to, ready to get up there and uh succeed so it's a it's a it's a lot of fun and a new pitching coach overseeing all of this tell us about mike maddox from your perspective no i mean he's, he's a seems like he's a competitor that wants to win and uh you know he's always there to talk to uh, about the game about life um you know he, he seems like he's had he's got a plan he's ready for ready for the uh you know the opposing team that we're facing with the scouting reports and uh the matchups and everything so seems very well prepared and you know he's been a great great asset to us so far this spring maybe somebody that can toss you a new idea once in a while yeah definitely it's uh you know he's obviously had a lot of experience uh with uh some pretty good pitchers pretty good pitching staffs as well uh so you know i'm looking forward to working with them all year you still working with that same fastball changeup combo throwing in some other stuff definitely uh you know that's uh you know been one of my better combinations uh uh, sequencing-wise uh, with the fastball changeup and, you know, just working on that this spring, just uh, getting it to where I want it to be for the season. Michael, just going back to your upbringing, you were born in Iowa City, but you made your way to Texarkana at the age of three. You still have those Iowa roots, though, don't you? That's right, yep. I've still got, even though I grew up in Texas, I've still got a lot of family uh, back in Iowa. Uh, both sets of grandparents are there, all my aunts and uncles, uh, you know, all my cousins, so. But it's, uh, you know, got some love for the Iowa Hawkeyes where my parents went to school. Uh, but, no, it's always good getting back up there in Iowa and uh, seeing all the family. And, uh, no, it's always a good time going back. And you're a Texas A&M alum, so you love that college football. That Iowa experience, I would go to Kinnick just for that wave that they do between the first and second quarter. That's amazing with the Children's Hospital overlooking Kinnick Stadium. Right. I mean, that's a pretty new tradition for them. But, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the best in the whole country. Uh, you know, they've got a great, great fan base up there. They love their Hawkeyes. But, uh, you know, that little gesture that they do uh, in the middle of the game is uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I'm sure those kids love it up there. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really, really cool. Is there a better scene, though, than when the 12th man gets it rolling down in College Station? Oh, there's not much better scene than that. That's for sure. It's a that twelfth man. It's a it's a real thing. It's a real factor. Whenever those opposing teams come in there, uh, you've got forty thousand students on one side of the field, right behind your uh, right behind your sideline, just nonstop yelling, nonstop into the game. Uh, they're standing up the whole entire game, all forty thousand chanting. 
um, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty sweet atmosphere. There's been times where uh, you know the crowd's too loud and they get penalties. Uh, umpires or referees got to you know stop play and let the let the fans calm down. And so it's a it's something, something unlike any other place. That's for sure. Do you love those college football Saturdays? I mean, on days when you're starting on a Saturday, sure you have to be locked in. But man, waking up on a Saturday morning with all that football ahead of you, I'm sure that still gets you going. Oh, definitely. That's uh, that's definitely one of the things. Saturday morning, waking up, college game day, uh, get the day going right, and then uh, obviously, you know, if the Aggies are on, uh, I'm trying to catch it any way I can. Uh, wish I was down there in College Station tailgating a little bit before the games, but uh, it's nice uh, being able to watch them on TV as well. I talked to Jed Jerko about that too. Huge Mountaineer fan, obviously right. growing up in Morgantown, loves the tailgating. You you were a really good basketball player in high school. You were a forward and uh, for I think a good two or three years very successful in a row with that team what, what were you like as a basketball player and do you still play well thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> no it was a I, I did play a little basketball and baseball throughout my high school career uh, all the way through my senior year and we had a really really good basketball team uh, I was mainly just a trash man down low getting boards and uh, putbacks uh, just trying to dish it out to our uh, three guards and our point guards who could drain the, drain the threes but no we had a good team we ended up going one one game from state getting beaten the semifinals uh of the region regional finals i guess uh but no it was uh it was a lot of fun i, I still enjoy uh shooting the ball around in the off season obviously i'm not playing any games or anything but uh you know st- definitely still shooting my little sister she's actually playing basketball at southern arkansas university um she's uh out there on a college uh, basketball scholarship and so it's a it's a lot of shooting in the off season with her getting her right uh going into the season as well yeah it's a great game matt gifford who's the head of our stadium operations at bush stadium similar type player at parkway west and he ended up scoring the game-winning bucket a dunk to win the state title so i mean you right. know everybody's really important right and so you're six six right is yeah. that where yeah. your height right in high there. school did you have a late growth spurter so i was uh i was probably about six foot six one my freshman year and then uh from my freshman year to my sophomore year is when i kind of stretched out uh, a little bit so i ended up probably about six four uh my senior year uh of high school and so i used to be a little point guard able to handle the ball a little bit but i took those uh ball handling drills down down low to the post area <laughs> Uh, and try to try to use them as as best I could down there, but uh, you know it was it was, uh, it, it was a heck of a growth spurt, that's for sure. And then grew a couple more inches uh, once I went to college as well. Michael, it's is it all the same in sports when the the pressure's on? And look, playing at home is awesome. I mean, the Cardinals fans are amazing, but you're on the road, whether it's in a little high school gym or in a tough SEC stadium watching the Aggies. Or at Wrigley Field, where the crowd's bearing down on you. How do you block it out, or do you soak in a little bit of it and be successful? Uh, you you try to focus in on what what your uh, your task at hand. You know, that's making that pitch, or uh, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh, you know, getting getting your swing down, getting your timing down in a bat, and it kind of all just kind of goes blurry on the outside, and so. If, it, if everything's going good, I guess you can you can tone it out. But uh, some places, I mean, it's just so loud. You can feel it. And uh, my best advice would just try to embrace it and uh, try to use that adrenaline and that emotion uh, 
and uh, use that to your advantage. Because, uh, I mean, you can you can be a you know low 90s guy, and then once that adrenaline's coming. Uh, your arm starts feeling pretty good and you can hum it in there pretty good and so it's important to just tame those emotions tame that adrenaline and try to use them to your to your advantage we look forward to seeing you doing it this year in that cardinal rotation 2018 is upon us and the baseball season starts at city field which can get cranked up from time to time in new york no doubt hey thanks for the visit really appreciate it all the best to you this season thanks a lot tom thanks for having me bro that's Michael Waka. We'll send it back to our network studios and Chris Raby. Thanks, guys. Mike Claiborne with Tommy Pham. Next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Emerin on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Emerin on KMOX. The Budweiser Ballpark Pass gives Cardinals fans the ability to go to every home game, all for just $29.99 a month. All you need is a smartphone for details or to purchase. Visit cardinals.com slash pass. New for 2018, check out the Budweiser Terrace in right field. It's the perfect place for Budweiser Ballpark Pass holders to see the game. We're back. I'm Chris Raby on our final Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. And let's say hello to Mike Claiborne, standing by in Jupiter. Well, we waited a bit to talk to Tommy Pham because he's been busy trying to get himself ready for 2018. First of all, congratulations on last year. And I got the impression that once you got a taste of it, you were healthy full-time, it motivated you even more for 2018. Definitely. Um, you know, they say once you have a, uh, a little bit of success of something, it's uh, it's addictive, like you said, and you only want more of it. And, um, you know, I had a little bit of success last year. And um, I, I just want more for myself and the team. Talk a little bit about what your routine was. How much time did you give yourself to, A, reflect on what you did in the past season, but also, B, work on what you wanted to be better at for 2018? Uh, well, I, I, I do a, a lot of reflecting in a sense of, you know, in the off season, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what I did and, and how I can be better. Um, in the off season, I, I focused on uh, preparing my body um, physically because during the season, I, I don't do a whole lot of working out, just because of the, you know, the the, the stress uh, in, from the game. But uh, I wanted to make sure my body's in, you know, tip-top shape, um, strength-wise, um, speed-wise, and uh, medically, I, I wanted to make sure, you know. Everything was aligned and nothing was bothering me so that uh, I could physically um, be capable of, of handling, you know, 162 games or more. And sometimes you do too much work during the season. You mentioned you don't get into the weightlifting and doing a lot of those things, especially for certain guys. Can you do too much during the season? And while you think you're working smart, maybe it's not going to give you the production that you're looking for? Uh, you, you could definitely do too much, you know, because, uh, you know, when you have to play a game, you don't want to kind of overwork yourself because, you, you know, you still want to have um, more than enough energy to go out there and, and give it your all. But um, at the same time, you do want to make sure that you're well prepared for the game. So, um, you know, there for me, there's kind of a fine balance. You know, I, I, I do I focus on the baseball um, aspect of of the working out during the season, like uh, making making sure you know my my defense is taken care of, my my hitting, 
and um, you know, medically, making sure you know my body is uh, aligned and and prepared to play for that day. You know, I was thinking when your career is over in the next 10, 15 years, you can move into the front office when it comes to understanding sabermetrics and just how the analytics work today's game. What got you on board with that where you're one of the more astute individuals that still plays the game that really understands the analytics and how to apply it? Yeah, um, I, I was lucky. Um, I, I had, uh, you know, some, some coaches explain it to me um, who at the time – I I knew nothing about it. I, I, I always thought, you know, focus on batting average, home runs, RBIs, and, you know, I found out that, you know, of those three, only home runs really matter. And, um, you know, when I learned about, you know, the the Saber metrics that, that are used today, you know, it helped give me an understanding of what I need to do to become a better player. So... I'm, I'm happy I learned everything um, because, and I and I encourage players to uh, to do so themselves because you know it's how you're being evaluated, how you're how how you're going to stay in the league. Um, because that's just the way the game has evolved. You know that 30, 30 home run, one hundred RBI plateau. It, it you know the RBIs are are meaningless today. You know, because uh, when you understand that, that not every not every runner could score from first on a double or second on a single, and you know when you understand that, then you, you realize that RBIs truly don't matter. You know, um, so you know if I I, I think it's a, a good thing. Like I said, you know, and if if you're a player, learn it because it it can help you stay in the league. What's a number that maybe we overrate and maybe you talk about RBI being one of them? What's a number that you have found to be more pertinent to how the game is played today? Uh, batting average. Because I remember specifically when I was called up and I, I, I asked him, why am I getting called up? And I have a 260 batting average in high A. And they brought up OPS. And, uh, at the time, I, I was like OPS, and they were like, "Yeah, you're on base plus you're slugging," and you know it shocked me. They they said, "Look, you know, your OPS in the Florida State League is here. We believe that's going to translate to 900 or higher in Double A." And when I was promoted to Double A shortly after, I did that. So it by them telling me that two months beforehand, and me actually going out there and doing it. It opened up my eyes because it told me that I'm looking at the wrong, the wrong things. Talk a little bit about this team that you've been able to play with. You got a, a new mate out in the outfield in Marcelo Zuna. You played with Dexter Fowler before. Most athletic outfield you've been part of since you've been in the Cardinal organization. Um, uh, looking at all three of us, I, I I could say that might be a fair assessment. Um. Uh, everyone in the outfield, you know, they have they've they've been center fielders before. So I mean, that, that's something you know that opens up the eye. Um, as when you mention athleticism, you know, all three are capable of playing center field. Um, all three have done it in the big leagues. So I mean, that might be a fair fair assessment.
Um, we we have a ton of ability in the outfield. Um, we still have to go out there and do it as a team. You know, uh, we're starting to look we're starting to look really good um, as as a, the end of spring is approaching and guys are getting more playing time and getting getting more accommodated to the you know baseball again. But um, you have to go out there and execute still. How long does it take for you to be ready for opening day? I mean, you, you've been different levels at this time of the year. A lot of guys will say, well, I need this amount of bats. Or I need to play this amount of games. You kind of you know your body better than anybody else. How do you feel and what's going to be the number for you? Uh, physically, I feel, I feel good. Um, generally speaking, um, when I look at spring training um, recently, I remember in the minors, I used to have great springs, and that's because uh, I used to hit off a lot of pitchers in the past, and that's something um, I I haven't been able to do now. As you make it to the big leagues, no one really wants to throw to you anymore. <laughs> but but uh, in the big leagues now, it, it tends to get a little slower for me because uh, I don't I don't have much of that much of anyone wanting to throw to me. So I, I have to really. Uh, I need a lot of at-bats. All right. We're going to play a little Q&A here. Um, one guy that you know will always pick up the tab. Wayno. Guy you've learned the most from on this ball club as far as how to be a pro on and off the field. That's a tough one um, because I've been lucky enough to have – two really good examples as far as Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina that are still on this team. And, you know, the way they go about their business is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have them because they show up and they're always doing something to prepare themselves to be a better player that given day. And, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to to be like them because you know I watch them go about their business and uh, I'm like I, I need to do that. One of the other things about Tommy Pham, you guys, your teammates always talk about how you dress the part. One of the few guys that wears a suit everywhere you go when you travel. Where did that come from, and, and why do you maintain that tradition? I, I remember when I was called up, and uh, it was mandatory. We had to wear a suit every every flight, and um, I I actually like to dress up in a suit because, you know, when I when I was growing up, you know, everything was so blue collar for me uh, about my lifestyle that um, I can appreciate putting on a suit because um, I look at it as for me to wear a suit, you know, I didn't beat the odds that were set against me, so uh, it, it has a little bit more meaning for me to be able to wear a suit. All right, best dressed guy on the team. Outside of myself? Oh, man. Man, outside of myself? Man. You know, we have some young guys that, you know, are trying to take the belt, you know. But, I mean, Los had, Los, Carlos has his own little 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 swag to him. Bader, DeYoung, they try. Um Really, you know, the the only guy that I found an appreciation for who 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 really cared about his his 
his image was uh, ex-teammate Johnny Peralta. You know, he, he was a true pro and first class as far as looking the part. So other than that, then there's some guys that have work to do. Uh, a lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question for you. Everybody talks about is Tommy Pham going to have his vision squared away? And, and it's a complicated matter that I know has been discussed on a, on a number of occasions, but you feel good where you're at with regard to your vision and the support that you're getting from medically uh, because it's such a rare situation? Yeah, I have uh, I have my own doctors. Um, so... And they're based out of St. Louis in one case. Oof. I have a I have an an optometrist in St. Louis. Um, I have a I have a couple other eye doctors in, in different states. But I, I would say this: by game one, everything will be squared away. All right. Well, let's have some fun this year. It was fun to watch you have a full, healthy season, two in a row. I get the feeling that that's something that you're looking forward to as a Cardinal fan. Absolutely. Um, you have to stay healthy. Um, you have to be on the field every day to help the team. Uh, I realized the importance of that last season. So um, I'm definitely doing everything I can to make sure I stay on the field every day. All right. You haven't come back to a name for your sister yet. <laughs> <laughs> this may take half the season. I get the impression. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I can let you know by June. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, man. Back to wrap up hour one of our final edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren Next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. What a great first hour. Thank you to Bill DeWitt Jr., Michael Waka, and Tommy Pham. How about this for a second hour? Tony LaRussa, Jed Jerko, and Cardinals Hall of Fame nominee Keith Hernandez. That's coming up after the break. Chris Raby, along with Tom Ackerman and Mike Claiborne, Mike Anderson, Zach Schmidt, Ben Boyd, all helping out as well this week and all season. It's our final Cardinals countdown to opening day, presented by Ameren, and we are back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. In a high fly ball, deep right It's a slam! This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricane. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Budweiser Ballpark Pass gives Cardinals fans the ability to go to every home game for just $29.99 a month. All you need is a smartphone for details or to purchase. Visit cardinals.com slash pass. New for 2018, check out the Budweiser Terrace in right field. It's the perfect place for Budweiser Ballpark Pass holders to see the game. Hour two of Cardinals Countdown to opening day off and running. Chris Raby, along with Tom Ackerman and Mike Claiborne, Ben Boyd, Mike Anderson, Zach Schmidt, all helping out this week as well. And to kick off Hour two once again. Let's head south. Tom Ackerman back with you from Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals spring training, and joining us is the longtime St. Louis Cardinals manager, a two-time world champion. He is a Hall of Famer, and he is Tony Larusa back with us. It is always good to talk to you. How are you? Well, I'm uh, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, first of all, I understand the Cardinals are having a good camp. That's always good, and we're doing it. The same here in uh, Fort Myers with the Red Sox. You are indeed. I always miss those times, sitting around talking ball with you around here. It seems like just yesterday, but gosh, you haven't uh, 
since the 2011 time really flies. How about the seventh season for Cardinals manager Mike Matheny, Tony? Well, it does fly, especially when you're successful. And uh, I mean, the, the run of, of uh, postseason appearances was historic and <clears throat> just missed the next one. And with all the problems last year, they kept competing. So, uh, you know, Mike and his staff are, are, have done a real good job, and I'm, and I'm really encouraged. Uh, the three additions, you know, Mike Maddox is first class and outstanding, and we all know about Willie and Jose Kendall. So it's uh, everything's going in the right direction for the Cardinals. We're going to see you in St. Louis, the countdown to the Cardinals' home opener at Wine and Whiskers at Bush Stadium on Wednesday, April 4th, to benefit your Animal Rescue Foundation. This is from 5.30 to 8.30 in the Redbird Club at Bush Stadium. They're going to have hors d'oeuvres, specialty wines, craft beers, and, of course, it all goes to a great cause, the animals, Tony. Well, it's something that, uh, you know, years ago we used to do that entertainment show, and then it's just too difficult to do not being around there. But we have a lot of supporters, a lot of friends that we've made over the years, and we wanted to do something, and it's become Wine Whiskers. We were doing it during the uh, the winter warm-up, but last year, because of the weather, we moved it to the day before the opener, and it was so much, much better in terms of timing and and making it something that leads into a very exciting opening day. So we're doing it again. Uh, everything that you mentioned, Tom, we also, we've got some of the, uh, Cardinal alums that are going to come by and, you know, spend some time. It's just a real social, you know, it's very low key, but there's a lot of socializing goes on, uh, as you would expect for you know, anything the Cardinal fans are involved with and, and our field the same way. Wine and Whiskers, Wednesday, April 4th at Bush Stadium. And, again, the website is arflife.org, A-R-F-life.org. They still have some tickets available. Not a lot, but they still have some available. And, again, it's on Wednesday, April 4th. Uh, that is something that you've had a love for. When did that start, Tony, your love for animals and the passion that you had to put a lot of time in? Because you have. You put, you've put you really dedicated a, a good part of your life to rescuing these animals well it's just something we share as a family you know elaine is really an animal crusader and uh i wasn't raised with animals but i always was very uh always knew i wanted a pet just couldn't have them at when i was being raised and when elaine and i got together you know it's a lot of years ago we've we've always uh had dogs and cats and there were always rescues and then we realized that in our own backyard there in contra costa county uh, a non-profit that complements a public effort was necessary. So, you know, we thought we'd do a little something 27 years ago, and it has turned into something just remarkable. We have a, a beautiful facility, and uh, and then we have a dual mission. Uh, besides people rescuing animals, we have animals that we put with, with people to rescue people, quote. And uh, our latest, and it could be the greatest in a way, is we are so, as many of us are concerned with the veterans that are coming back, doing all we can for them. Uh, you know, we had conversations with groups of unemployment, education, and housing, and, and uh, reorienting, and then I just raised my hand. I said, dogs. So we're in the, uh, starting our seventh year. And uh, with that, you know, Tom, it's just uh, it's inspiring. I think people have worked for it, including the DeWitts in Oakland and Chicago. We always talk about giving back, and this is something that our family has uh, been and continues to be inspired to do. The world that we live in today and the emotions that we see and tragedies that we see on TV, and then I see the emotional 
support puppies and dogs that just can light up a room. It's just incredible. And I, I think about you and, and your efforts when I see those animals and, and what they can, the effect they can have on people, Tony. I think that was part, you know, we knew there was something to it because when you have a pet, you know, there's that, there's that glow, you get that warmness of the unconditional love. And we started doing this thing about finding, you know, types of, of issues for people. You know, we, we started with uh, victims of violence, you know, better women abuse kids. And now we go into hospitals. We find seniors that are away from their families, you know, special needs, a lot of education. But I think the thing, Tom, that uh, it's just, just magical is that there's no medicine, there's no machines. I mean, it's just a wagging tail and the unconditional love. And uh, it's the therapy that it provides, the companionship, uh, seems like magic. Because you'll, you'll see, I mean, they tell stories in hospitals with people who ask, Hey, is, is today the ARF day? And they say, uh, no, yes. If it's a no, they just go about their business. If it's yes, and all of a sudden, they, all the people start preparing themselves for the visit because they, you know, they just they want to treat the animal. Looking forward to it, so it's just magical, and we're we're excited to keep on being innovative about what we do with it. Tony, uh, there's uh, another thing that I know gets a big smile on your face uh, outside of. Uh, a beautiful uh, little puppy or kitten, and that would be putting on that red jacket. Man, I'll tell you, when you get that group of people around home plate and the cars start coming around and you all are together and you're the connection of the younger players to all the way through the Hall of Famers, there is something special about that Cardinal history. Well, I agree, Tom. I remember, I remember uh, uh, when I was an American leaguer going there for the World Series, you know, Clydesdales, you know, and I thought, man, that was something special. And then, once I got into the uniform, the way the uh, Cardinal organization, especially the DeWitts, have been great about resurrecting the history and making sure it's recognized and and appreciated. So you, you had the Hall of Famers coming around, and they're looking at you just like we'll look at, at the 2018 Cardinals. Just look right at us. Hey, you know what you represent and the responsibility you have. So it was always a perfect way to start it because you were honoring the past and really kind of making commitment that that season that it was just starting that day, you know, as a team, you were going to take your best shot to add to that wonderful history. And uh, it's inspiring. And now that I'm, you know, a part of greeting the, uh, the, the 18 version there by the plate, you know, it's, it's, uh, I can appreciate uh, the excitement and, and, you know, we're going to look them in the eye, all of us and say, Hey, it's your turn. Let's go. Tony LaRusso is with us. Just a couple left. I wanted to ask you about one of the current Cardinals players. You've you've uh, managed a few of these guys, but there's one in particular that this is amazing. This is going to be Yadier Molina's 14th season behind the plate as the starting catcher for the Cardinals. Now, he caught before that, but since 05 as the starter, what a career. And I'll tell you, uh, I, I did a game just the other day where he hit Two home runs, missed a third by about six inches off the top of the wall. He went four for four. He picked a runner off first. <laughs> he tagged a runner out at home. He caught all nine innings. Unbelievable. I mean, it's in a spring training game. He is. He looks amazing. Well, I like to point out, Tom, you know, I remember when I was there uh, and I was reminded that during the times that Lou Brock or Bob Gibson or Rich Haney, Sam Usual, with all these great stars, when they were playing, don't ever take it for granted. And every time they, they, they would take the field, you know, you were encouraged to pay attention. To that. You're, you're seeing something special and they ended up being Hall of Famers. 
that's how, kind of how I feel about, about Yadier and, and going into whether it's spring training now, but pretty soon into the season. Uh, he's been there 14 years, but you should treat every year like it's brand new and you, you don't ever want to forget it because, you know, one of these days he'll be, you know, it'll be at the end of his career, but while he's playing, uh, the game has never had a better one. I don't want to disrespect anybody, but nobody's ever played that position better than Yadier. He's right there with the best of them. And Tony LaRusso is right there among the great managers in the history of the game. We were fortunate to have him in St. Louis, won a world championship, not only two of them in St. Louis, but also he won in Oakland. And we are thrilled to be able to celebrate with him on April 4th in St. Louis, Wine and Whiskers. It's at the Redbird Club at Bush Stadium from 5.30 to 8.30. Hors d'oeuvres, specialty wines, craft beers. They still have some tickets available. All you have to do is go to arflife.org, arflife.org, and see if you can snag the last of these tickets to be there with Tony and his great group of Cardinals alumni at Wine and & Whiskers. And, Tony, final thing uh, that I wanted to say, and I know you would respect this, I wish you all the best with the Boston Red Sox, except if you play the Cardinals. <laughs> Well, let's hope we, we face each other in the World Series. It's happened before. Yes, and it has. It'd be good for history to repeat itself. But, uh, the ticket, you know, Tom, it's it's a wonderful night. It's only 100, 100 bucks for the ticket, and it goes as a donation to the work that it does. So it's it's a good way, to, a great way to get ready for the next day, which is the opening day. So I hope our fans, you know, I think there's only about 30 or 40 seats left or tickets left. So I hope they, they snap them up and make it a sellout. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Tony. When we come back, Jed Jerko joins the program. It's the final edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the Cardinals Radio Network. We're joined by Cardinals third baseman Jed Jerko, who's having a good spring and getting ready for 2018 right around the corner. We're about to start this thing. How about that? Yeah, we... uh... You know, less than, what are we, two weeks away or so. Um, you know, we're excited. Can't wait to get going. I always enjoy talking to you, down-to-earth guy. And I also found out we have something in common in that I saw that you lost about 20 or so pounds stopping bread and potatoes. Same thing here. And it actually works. Now let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's pretty simple if you, uh, you know, burn more calories than you put in and, you know, eat the eat the right stuff and work out that, uh, you know, you'll lose some weight. It's, it's crazy how that happens. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just a, a small adjustment that, that, uh, that I wanted to make, uh, mostly an effort to, uh, you know, try to stay strong throughout the whole season and, and hopefully stay off the DL. You know, I know if, um, you know, if I can stay out on the field and, and get enough games in and get the ABs that I want, that the numbers will be there. You know, Wayno's dropped some weight, too. It's just I, I feel better getting out of bed. Is kind of a big thing throughout the day. Do you feel just a little bit more energy? How has that affected you? Yeah, you know, feel just overall feel better. Um, I feel like my body's moving more efficiently and uh, in ways that uh, that we like. You know, not putting too much stress on certain muscles or certain areas of the body that uh, you know help you move more freely. Did you cut out bread completely, or do you allow yourself a cheat day? No, no cheat days. Pretty much, uh, you know, just just made the decision and stopped from there. And uh, it's not not just bread, but you know, carbs. You know, pastas. You know, rice, beans, stuff like that. Uh, you know, like said, potatoes. So, 
Um, it sucks, but uh, it's something that, uh, you know, it's just professionals that we need to take serious, and it's something that I felt like I needed to uh, to make a change on. I did uh, a little cheating last night, and then I did fish and vegetables, and then I did some red beets and rice. I knew that was wrong, but, you know, I, I just had to do it. Now, just overall, though, the, the rigors of a season certainly demand that. You have to be able to take care of your body. You guys come into spring training in shape but never take anything for granted. Just overall, where do you see yourself right now looking at 2018 and your role with this team? Uh, you know, I feel good. You know, uh, just like they said at the, you know, I think during the offseason, someone said that uh, I think Yachty's spot was, was pretty much secure, and that was about it. So, uh, you know, nothing's being taken for granted. Uh, just come in here, like always, try to put the time in, and just keep getting better overall at, uh, you know, at every aspect of the game. Jed, you were an overall great athlete in high school. You were a quarterback, wide receiver, you were a shooting guard in basketball, and you played baseball, you played shortstop. The minor leagues, you converted to a third baseman, but. Where did you get your love for this game? Uh, you know, it was always something that uh, you know I was I was always really good at, and something that I was always drawn to. I think my my dad's love for the game. He uh, you know he loves the game of baseball, and I think that's that's what was the you know the, the focal person or thing that led me to this game so um, you know going to him and watching games and then uh, you know I always knew that I wasn't going to be very tall or, or super super big and, and muscular to you know to play basketball or football so uh, you know baseball was always going to be the best avenue for me and that conversion to third base that did happen in the minors right and that how was that change for you because like I said middle infield you played shortstop and you also played second base for the Padres yeah you know it was as soon as I got drafted, I was strictly only a third baseman. And then, uh, you know, my second year in the minors, uh, you know, they started to mess around with me at second just because, you know, how, uh, you know, the Padres roster was was kind of being being made out that, uh, you know, there was an opening over there. So then there for, you know, the next three years, it was only second base and then now back to third. So uh, you know, I've made my made my rounds uh, around the infield, but, uh, you know, I'm getting really comfortable at third. Um I think it's a position that's, that's set up pretty well for me. What is the biggest key at third base in your mind? Um, you know, just getting that good first step. Uh, you know, the, it happens so fast over there that you don't have a whole lot of time to react. So, you know, your, your movements, whatever movements you can get, they have to be efficient and, uh, you know, use them in the best ways you can. How do you think you generate power at the plate? What is the focus for you there? Um, you know, I've got strong legs. I, I, I'm pretty good at using my whole body. Um, you know, not there's not one area where I rely on most. So I, uh, everything I have in my in my body, I use everything to you know try to get it to be really efficient. And uh, you know, obviously that's what it comes down to: short and compact. And if you can keep it efficient, the ball will jump off pretty well. Look at this lineup. There's a lot of power in it, isn't there? I, I think one through eight, and it, it doesn't matter who you put in there. Everyone has the potential to hit 15 or more. Yeah, you know that's. I think that's going to be you know a key key to, to us this year is being able to just put runs on the board. And um, you know we've we've got guys that have speed, power, um, you know guys that can get on base, guys that can you know drive guys in. So you know I think uh, you know one through eight we're we're we've got to be one of the stronger teams out there. I think would put us up against anybody. Marcelo Zuna just walked by. I watched you guys this morning in the corner. You, Ozuna, Fowler, Yachty, it was just great discussion. You're having fun, but you're talking ball. This does seem like a, a good group right now. 
Yeah, you know, it's guys that we're all here for the same thing, and, and that's to win. And, you know, Marcel brings uh, an element that, uh, you know, we've missed in, in the past couple of years, a guy in the middle that can, can really drive in, drive in guys and be a force in the middle, and I think he's going to be a huge asset force. You grew up around football. Your older brother was a linebacker for West Virginia, and, and football requires that team must be on the same page, all 11 guys. But all nine guys have to be in baseball, too. I mean, we may focus on the pitcher. We may focus on the hitter. But everyone has to be on their game and, and in a common mindset. you feel that here? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, we, we've got a bunch of guys that have the same goal in mind. That's, that's uh, you know, get to the playoffs and win a World Series. And when you can get 25 guys that, uh, that believe in that and that's what they're striving for every time, I think that makes something special. Morgantown, West Virginia is your home, that great college football town. There's something about a college football game day that just can't be replaced, and I, you make sure you go to all those. Well, uh, you know, I used to go to every single game, and um, you know, I've, I guess the older I get, then now that the kids kids have come, that uh, you try to spend more time with them. But you know, we try to get out there as many games as we can. It's just uh, it's something that's always been a part of us. It's always been something that you know we always did. Uh, Saturdays were going to the Mountaineer, Mountaineer field and you know, watch the Mountaineers play. So that's something we still try to do as much as we can. I hope you play deep into October so you don't get to go to any of those, right? You have twin boys and a, and a little girl. How's, how are the kids? They're great. You know, it's... It's kind of cliche, but man, the, the time goes fast. You know, we, they're they're in preschool now, and it's it's kind of crazy to think that they're already going to school and just how how much they learn and how fast it happens. And it's uh, it's been it's been great to watch them grow, and going to look forward to it for a long time. Look forward to seeing what you do in 2018. Always great chatting with you. Thanks for the visit. Yep, thank you. That's Jed Jerko, Cardinals third baseman. Let's send it back to Chris Raby. Thank you very much, guys. When we return, another. Nominee for the Cardinals Hall of Fame, Keith Hernandez, joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings Sporting Goods, is the exclusive fan club for Cardinals fans age 13 and under. Tremendous membership benefits include two tickets to a 2018 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only autograph party at Bush Stadium, and much more. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub. We roll along in this second hour of our final program. And once again, Tom Ackerman. Okay, Chris, thanks very much. We are here in Jupiter, Florida at Cardinals Spring Training. And joining us on the line is another name on this Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot. What a ballot this is. And Keith Hernandez is with us. Take a listen to this. High drive, deep right field. Hernandez, what a player he was. Keith Hernandez played 10 seasons with the Cardinals. He won six straight gold gloves from 1978 to 1983 at first base. He was the National League co-MVP in 1979. He batted a league-leading 344, two-time All-Star with the Cardinals, member of the 82 World Champions, and joins us now. That is some resume, Keith Hernandez, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you with us. Well, it's always a pleasure uh, to be on... Uh... Anything involving the St. Louis Cardinals. Those were my, those were my baseball roots right there professionally. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, guys like George Kissel, Ken Boyer, you know, Bob Kennedy, George Silvey were around to 
kind of shepherded me to the big leagues. And in the Edward Jones Hall of Fame voting at cardinals.com slash HOF, you can vote for Keith, and we'll tell you how you can do that. Vote for your top two players. Keith, uh, what a career it was. I want to start uh, and kind of move backwards a little bit, but that 82 World Championship, after uh, everything that was put together by this franchise, they finally captured it. And you knew the tradition and, and the fight through the 70s to just get there. They just couldn't quite get over the top. But 82 must have been an absolute thrill with the first world championship since 1967. Uh, most definitely. Um, it was, you know, it's a, I grew up, I, I'm a Cardinal fan, so I know the uh, the Cardinals are the Yankees of the uh, uh, National League, and to be a member of a team that is one of, what is it, 11 world championships, yep. I believe, is something that's a badge of honor, and it was a team effort. And, uh, you know, I do feel that uh, when Whitey came over, uh, when Ken, Ken Boyer was fired uh, mid-season in uh, 1980, uh, I think when Whitey came to his first spring training in 1981, um, he set the tone for us, uh, set out some rules, uh, and started instilling in us and uh Get doing the little things and building. He also built a team around our ballpark, the old Bush Stadium, which was cavernous. The only bigger park was, uh, was the Astrodome. So we were built on pitching, speed, and defense. And you know, we had a lot of speed and good hitters. And so a lot of credit goes to Whitey. It was a little bit of his leadership that got us focused and we all bought into his philosophy and, it resulted in a championship. You know, you were considered, and we'll get to your hitting in just a moment, but considered to really be a game changer for the sport when it came to first base. Now we see so many great, slick defensive players at first base. But, Keith, your run of not only what I mentioned with the Cardinals, but as a defender, uh, an incredible run of 11 consecutive gold gloves there. Just what was the key for you, and how did you become such a great defensive player there? Well, it all started with my father, who played in the Cardinal chain uh, back in the 40s, uh, and he was a fine-fielding first baseman, and he pretty much taught my brother and I uh, how to play the game at a very early age, and he always instilled in us, uh, number one, he taught us how to play the position. Uh, number two, he always instilled in us that not to be a one-dimensional player, that hitters go in slumps, and when, if you're a bad fielder, uh, you know, what are you contributing? Uh, so you're just, it's just, it's just about your offense. And he said also, I remember distinctly that a manager will be less inclined to bench you if you go into a prolonged slump if you got a great glove. So it was hours and hours of ground balls and proper work and training. Um, and that's something that I took pride in. And I always, I always felt when I was in a slump, I, I played harder and bore down more in the field because um, I can win a game with my glove as well as my bat. You were born in San Francisco. You grew up uh, in Millbury and, and Pacifica, just outside of San Francisco. And uh, what an athlete you were in high school. You graduated high school in 1971, and you played Little League ball. You were 
uh, all in on baseball, weren't you? By the way, I wanted to mention, uh, before we go any further, your book, I'm Keith Hernandez, which I cannot wait to dive into from Little Brown Publishing, uh, really gets into your uh, entire life leading up to and through being that first portion of your big league career. Yes, it is. Um, it is a memoir, and uh, it's coming out on May 15th. Uh, that's the target date, and I'm sure that, that, that it'll be out then. And it basically deals to the from my very beginnings when I with my parents, my upbringing, uh, and then to the point where I finally realized I was a major leaguer and I was one of I belonged. And uh, that was 1980, believe it or not, after the MVP season. And it was uh, after the April I had in 1980, where I always had like a good year. 77, I had a good year. 78, I had a terrible second half, had a mediocre year. Then 79 was an MVP year. And then 1980 came, and April was always a bugaboo for me, uh, getting off to a good start. And I remember in spring training, Rick Hummel writing a article, which was justified, Rick and I are very good friends, and uh, saying, well, will the real Keith Hernandez please step up? Is he the guy from 1978, or is he the MVP? So uh, I, I go, in 1980, I finally got off to a great start in April, and I realized I hit a double off Dick Ruthven on opening day, I believe. I have my memory sometimes escapes me, but it was that particular bat at home. We opened up on the road in '80. And I hit that double down the right field line, and I realized that I belonged in the big leagues. And that's where the book stops. But it's all about my minor league. It'll come going through the cardinal chain, all those people, George Kissel, Ken Boyer, uh, Bob Kennedy uh, Sr., Joe Medwick, uh, so Bob Milliken. So it's all about that, and I think the cardinal people will, uh, cardinal fans will have an interest in reading it. You know, this is a, an amazing stat on you. Of of all the players that have played for the Cardinals for at least ten seasons, you are fifth all time with on base percentage at three eighty five. I mean, you had that league leading three forty four in nineteen seventy nine. You shared the MVP with Willie Stargell, but that three eighty five that is really something. You had a, a good eye, did you not, Keith, for for pitches that were coming to you? I did, and uh, you know, my father always ingrained in, in me. That the, you know, we weren't going to. I was not a, a power hitter, and that ballpark was not conducive to power hitting. And the ballparks were bigger back in our day. Um, that I was a line drive hitter, and my dad said, "You want to be the third hitter in a the lineup." There's two prestigious uh, positions in the order: that's your cleanup hitter, which is your big power hitter, and your number three hitter, which is your best hitter in the lineup, and also clutch hitter. But also, he he instilled that you are also a table setter for the big four, five, and six bats behind you. So the knowledge of the strike zone was was drilled into me in BP since I was since my dad stopped started throwing batting practice and you know I was eight years old my first year in Little League. But he threw me he, he got us going a lot three years earlier than that. But a knowledge of the strike zone and um, I walked a lot, so um, I take great pride in the fact that a lot of my most of my cleanup hitters drove in a not my cleanup hitters, uh, but the cleanup hitters behind me drove in a hundred runs, um, and I always scored ninety and above. Uh, so it, it's uh, 
you know, you can't hit the eight-run home run or be a headline headline hunt, uh, hunter. Um, it's all a team game, and you all work together, uh, obviously, to get to win a ball game, to win a pennant. Keith, you also had, I, I find this interesting, uh, my understanding is that your father gave you a book on Civil War history, and you actually, uh, that was a passion of yours. In fact, our flagship station, KMOX, for whom I work, uh, had you on the air uh, at times to talk about that? Uh, yes, you did. It, had, it was a uh, roundtable, I believe, a long time ago. Oh, my gosh, it had to be in the mid-70s uh, <laughs> or late 70s I was on. Yes, that's, I remember that. Um, I was always a history buff. Uh, it wasn't my father. It was my brother. Uh, we we just stumbled across the American heritage uh, history of the Civil War. Actually, looking at it right now in my library down here in Florida, it was the American he- uh, heritage pic- picture history of the Civil War, and um, it just I, I just for that point on, I was always interested in the Civil War, and um, you know I, my other historic historical interests have expanded. But the Civil War was always a, a period of time that really interested me, absolutely. And you were a world champion with the Mets in 1986, and your uh, career has taken you into broadcasting for SNY. We always love visiting with you. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, your history with the Cardinals and the opportunity to be around Cardinal greats, I've always sensed that with you. You said it at the very beginning, the 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 connection with this franchise means a lot to you. There have been some amazing names through the years, haven't there? Well, you know, it's steeped in tradition. You can, uh, you start with what I didn't realize when I wrote the book was that in, when Red got fired in 76, we lost over 90 games that year. That was the first time a Cardinal team had lost over 90 games since I believe around 1914, 15, or 60. <laughs> so, um, and I grew up, my dad was a, you know, played with Musial during the war when Stan was a, they're in Pearl Harbor, played on the same Navy team. So Stan left us tickets at Candlestick Park. Uh, that sold me as far as uh, being a Cardinal fan as a kid. And, um, you know, I just knew about the Gas House Gang, uh, the Musial Era, uh, Dizzy Dean, all that. I have, I was Joe Medwick, that whole, the whole history of the Cardinals. So, Yes, I was very fortunate. I pinched myself that I was actually drafted by them out of high school. Out of all the 26 teams, I got drafted by the Cardinals. I was just so thrilled. I absolutely love this. Uh, This Cardinals Hall of Fame vote presented by Edward Jones. You can vote for your top two players on the ballot. If you want to vote for Keith Hernandez, the hashtag is HernandezHOF. You can go to cardinals.com slash HOF and vote as well. And, Keith, again, that book is coming out on May 15th from Little Brown Publishing. I'm Keith Hernandez. It takes you through 1980 when Keith became became a big leaguer, and uh, we're glad that you were. You were a great part uh, as a kid growing up in St. Louis and watching number 37 play. It uh, was uh, a real thrill, and, and thank you very much for joining us on the network today. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Some fun updates on a wonderful summer 
on and off the baseball field at Bush Stadium when we return. Don't forget, you can follow the Cardinals in style this coming season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. Sign up today and receive two free tickets, all for just $35. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. We're back in a moment on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We are counting down a week away from opening the season in New York and getting closer to not just baseball at Bush Stadium, but some great events, some great concerts at Bush Stadium this summer. And it's a pleasure to welcome the Vice President of Event Services and Merchandising, Vicki Bryant, back to the program. Vicki, how are you? Happy almost opening day. Thank you. It's an exciting time of year. You know, I know excited not just for baseball, but for the 2018 concerts. You guys have four great concerts Coming up this summer, you can go to cardinals.com slash events. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys have coming up and some of the awesome shows that fans can get out to see at Bush Stadium. Well, we are so excited. We've got four great shows coming to Bush Stadium, more than we've ever had in one summer. We're going to kick it off on July 21st with uh, Kenny Chesney, with uh, Thomas Rhett and Old Dominion and Brandon Lay. Um, then we're going to have our first time ever two back-to-back shows on August 24th and 25th. So on the 24th, on a Friday night, we're going to welcome Journey and Def Leppard. And then on Friday, August the 25th, we'll welcome Luke Bryan with Sam Hunt, and um, as well as uh, John Pardee and Mark and, uh, Morgan Wallen. And that's going to be a great show. It goes on sale um, this Friday. And then we'll finish off the concert season on September the 6th with Ed Sharon. So tickets on sale this Friday for Luke Bryan, Saturday, August 25th, the What Makes You Country Tour 2018. Again, some great special guests. What an awesome show. And, uh, and man, if anyone has, has seen Luke Bryan, or even if you haven't, well, what a great show he puts on. And can't wait to see what he can come up with in Bush Stadium, Vicky. It's, you know, Luke Bryan is such a great performer. Um, you know, he has, um, you know, some great country music and he has such great energy in his shows and it's just a fun, fun time. And I'm really excited that he's bringing Sam Hunt along. Sam Hunt is, um, also a great country artist and, um, you know, it, it's going to be a, a great lineup that night. And, you know, what a way to spend a Saturday night in St. Louis out under the stars watching some uh, great country music. Again, it's the 2018 Bush Stadium Summer Concert Series, July 21st. Kenny Chesney with Thomas Rhett, Old Dominion, and Brandon Lay. Tickets available now. August 24th, Journey and Def Leppard. Tickets available now. September 6th, Ed Sheeran. Tickets available. And on Friday, tickets available for Luke Bryan and Sam Hunt. That's August 24th. More information for everything at cardinals.com. Slash events. Vicki Bryant, we know you're busy. Thank you for jumping on uh, Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day for a couple of minutes with us. My pleasure. Back in a moment to wrap up another year of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on Kingham OX. 
Don't forget, the Budweiser Ballpark Pass gives Cardinals fans the ability to go to every home game for just twenty nine ninety nine a month. All you need is a smartphone. For details, for to purchase, visit cardinals.com slash pass. And new this year, check out the Budweiser Terrace in right field. It's the perfect place for Budweiser Ballpark Pass holders to see the game. One final time, Chris Raby with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network for Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Thank you to all of our guests today, Bill DeWitt Jr., Tony LaRussa, Michael Lockett, Tommy Pham, Jed Jerko, Keith Hernandez, and Vicki Bryant. Thank you to all of our guests this season. It's always so fun bringing you this show on the Cardinals Radio Network. A huge, huge thanks to Dan Farrell from the Cardinals, also, and Carol, who keeps us organized and keeps the show going. Our great producers are Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, Zach Schmidt, Dave Klein, all helping out as well. My great hosts and co-hosts this year have been Mike Claiborne and also Tom Ackerman. Those guys doing a great job down in Jupiter, Florida. For everyone mentioned, I'm Chris Raby. This has been another season of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, and we'll see you at the ballpark and talk to you next week for Cardinals baseball right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.